Hi, my name is John Biddle and welcome to Workshop Wednesday where we're going to be talking about toxic shame. So this is the second or third, second I think, of the cornerstones of complex post-traumatic stress disorder. So we're going to dive deep into something that really kind of affects most of us. So I'm no exception to shame, just like pretty much most other people. Any conflict, criticism or anything wrong which might happen through the course of my day can allow any kind of shame to drift into my thought process. Shame is coupled to inner critic um, and it hijacks anything good which might be happening in your brain. Um, it's not possible to experience either without the other. Someone should maybe create a law around this, like the fundamental law in physics. You know, trying to sort this mess out is like trying to get dog shit out of a carpet. It's complex, it's ugly, it's painful. But when you're told enough times as a child how shit you are, the programming in your head is going to believe this. If the abuser is a parent, then the process is quicker because as children we trust what our parents say, right? And the things they say we take as gospel. What an incredible opportunity every parent has to make your child believe that anything in life is possible. But sadly, opportunity is lost through a cancerous attitude which snuffs the life out of any creative flow. Is an epidemic throughout our children's lives. Um, and I was no exception. I want to caveat here that, you know, my parents weren't bad people. They were... I don't think that they were geared... To bring children into this world and that's that's no fault of their own i think they kind of fitted into a paradigm that everybody else in the 70s did you know we needed to have as many children as possible i'm grateful for the fact that i was born and i am walking this earth but you know you know an abusive parent brings shame into the mind of a child through rejection and contempt uh, making the child feel flawed unliked and meddlesome in the eyes of the abuser. This abuse causing the child to no longer cry out when in need. The child has learned from an early age that crying out or challenging the abuser's behavior creates more trouble than it's worth and it's better some things are left unsaid. As this creates further isolation and a deepening of the shame experience. Validating the sense of low self-esteem, worthlessness and a word I use a lot in therapy which is an invalidation of life. I had no confidence as a child and it was stripped away with me, from me. And, you know, with one word, one glance and a, or a gesture, leaving a lifetime of shame which creates further challenges down the road. The inner critic is augmented, adding to the shame of worthlessness and low self-esteem. I felt shame for existing. You know, what does my wife see in me? Why do my children love me? And why would anyone want to spend time with me, either professionally or socially? to anything to anyone what people see on the outside is this assertive man um, with his shields up all the time I'm labeled grumpy and approachable miserable even um, but all of these traits are interwoven into the person I had to become in order to protect and preserve myself as a child uh, and in the home of the abuser my childhood trauma was a lifetime ago and as an adult I still ebb and flow between states of shame for a whole variety of things Anything can trigger, you know, remember shame is inextricably linked to the inner critic, which is a paradox in itself. Being late for work for five minutes generates an element of shame. While the shame I'm experiencing catastrophizes the punishment for being late, 
Once at work, no one really cares why you're late, just happy that you made it to work safely. And yet, for the 20 minutes of my commute, you are psychologically scarred by childhood trauma, bringing you back to when you faced a continuous barrage of abuse, left exhausted with the inner critic still chattering away, making your day even more challenging. So let's deconstruct shame. And shame is the basic of human experiences, right? And it is, um, it is an emotion. Uh, but let's deconstruct it further in its most primitive form and emotions such as fear anger and happiness on a side note with emotions something i'm going to cover in greater detail soon is how many emotions do you think the human being is capable of let that seed plant in your head for a bit because it's something that i'm going to visit again later down the road but back to shame we we're tried we're tied to shame in a more psychological context. Shame causes a physiological response, activating the sympathetic nervous system, putting us in a state of fight or flight, generating one of the four Fs. The four Fs are the fight, flight, freeze and fawn trauma types, which we kind of categorize ourselves into these boxes. It gives us an idea of what our personality traits are like. Um, but the stress in the body cope with this by secreting cortisol into the bloodstream. And the cortisol is secreted to help regulate blood pressure, uh, glucose absorption, and reduce the inflammatory stress effects of what environment you're in. But quickly, let's talk about the physiology of cortisol because it's important to understand the consequences of what stress brings. Throughout my childhood, being in a fight or flight response and high states of anxiety, cortisol is secreted into my bloodstream via the adrenal glands which sit little triangular fatty lumps that sit on top of the kidneys um, and it's well documented for prolonged exposure to cortisol and children are shown uh, to damage structures of the brain um, every cell in the body has a corticoid corticoid receptor allowing us to handle stress um, so as a species we're not kind of genetically designed to handle stress on a continual basis and high levels of cortisol in the body can lead to chronic conditions in adult life. High blood pressure, which I have. Um, high blood sugar leading to type 2 diabetes, which is something I had. Um, and weight gain. And upper body weakness. And I'm not particularly strong. My upper body is not very strong. Although I'm a big guy, I'm just not very strong in my shoulders. Um, I also developed an inflammatory disease called sarcoidosis, um, which was diagnosed in 2016 which compromised my eyesight for about two months. I had very poor eyesight. And the cycloid was related to stress with my body just hitting the red button saying, you've got to stop. Um, we're going we're gonna to make you take most of the year off to, to kind of recover from this. And with the cycloid, I had a lucky escape. The disease could have left me permanently blind or it could have actually killed me. But um, my cortisol was checked whilst I was going through the, the treatment of the sarcoid, I went to go and see a nutritionist to kind of get a better understanding and handle on how physiologically I was um, doing with the food that I was eating because my diet wasn't particularly great. Um, so we checked the, cortici, the my cortisol levels um, and the number became undocumented. The laboratory required a retest because they thought the machine had malfunctioned because then it had gone off off the scale as it were. So I retested and it wasn't wrong. It was um, right. My cortisol levels were so high. Um, and I had been in this state for most of my life. 
there were other conditions, uh, you know, high levels of cortisol can bring other conditions such as osteoporosis and certain cancers. Um, but these are the kind of wrong age group for me to be ticking that box off just now. So touch wood, um, I'm hoping that I don't suffer from these things later in life because of my corti cortisol levels. But for me, I was in a constant state of anxiety and fear uh, to not to antagonise my abuser. My father's voice would make me squirm and things had gotten to the point where he didn't even have to speak. His eyes told me he was disappointed and disapproving of me. A contemptuous sneer would etch his face with wide-eyed dislike to the outside world. And to the outside world, he was a perfect guy, you know. He, he was always right. He was... Um, um, fonts of knowledge and everybody loved him he was entertaining and he's such a lovely guy but his dislike with of me was kind of like our little secret nothing nothing would be good enough um, even buttering my own toast would be seen as a failure um, everything which tumbled from his mouth was a critique of how everything I did was useless and all I heard was you're not a nice person you're a failure and at 15 I was told by my father um, actually that he hated me um, and I'd had a lifetime of covert passive-aggressive abuse with a low threshold for violence levied at me in a camouflage vernacular my subconscious decoded into a negative inner narrative and while in this state of fight or flight I would feel worthless inhuman and I couldn't even control my bowels at this point uh, so controlled and fearful and always scared soiling myself was the easier less confronting alternative and at 15, all my ducks lined up in a horrific realisation while sat in a car that he actually did hate me. <laughs> uh, but Anna, let's analyse this a little further. We all have it. Not one human being on the planet is unable to, f unable to feel shame, unless you are a psychopath, of course. These guys get a free pass on the gravy train of misery. But shame is something most of us experience. And if you think you don't feel shame... Why don't you openly speak about it? You know, something, when we talk about that we're shamed into something, I don't know, let's just say we're at work, for example, you know, and if if you are reprimanded for something that you've done wrong and you feel shameful for that, it's, you know, we apologise and, we and, and you know, we, we learn from our mistakes. But one of the emotions we don't talk about is shame because we are are geared to not discuss about these things. You know, the the verbalisation of the word evokes a sense of shame. You feel it in your heart and your guts bottom out and twist and the emotions run wild and tears well and your mouth becomes very dry. Tomorrow, whilst you're at work, try verbalising to your colleagues something outside of a social norm, something you would find embarrassing. You know, how would that make you feel? You know, if you openly admitted to your colleagues that you regularly watch porn, how would that make you feel? How would their opinion of you shift? And would that opinion that you felt, would that evoke a sense of shame? That knot in your stomach that you're feeling that's related to that sense of shame is is a feeling of self-loathing. That worthlessness which is firing through you is the emotion called shame bring with it old emotional traumas from your childhood. It's not about the subject, it's about what the subject creates inside of you. And if your childhood was challenging like mine, then you'll know all about shame and how it makes you feel every day. Shame disconnects from the reality of something we've done or failed to do. 
Shame, in its basic term, is the sense of unworthiness, unlovable and that we are flawed, which makes us unworthy of love, affection and friendship. It elicits a form of secrecy it doesn't deserve and it pervades in a state of darkness which thrives inside us and has no belonging. Our inner critic is the breeding ground for shame. If it, wa it wants you to feel alone, desperate, unloved and pathetic. If you allow yourself to emerge yourself in a shameful toxic spiral, the shame will augment in every cell in your body, causing real-time dis-ease. So how do we counteract the toxicity of shame creates? The answer is simple. It's empathy and love. But applying empathy and love to when you're in this kind of spiral is not easy. That's the trick. That's the, that's the skill that you need to learn. So if you openly acknowledge the shame that you're feeling, if you can, without compromise, why you're feeling shameful, share this with a kind and empathic person. The shame breaks up into nothing. Shame can't exist in light. Shame can only exist in a sense, in a state of darkness. And if you are in a dark place, shame is going to be there. But if you, if you step into the light, if you think emotionally, if you think of positive things, shame can't occupy that same space. It's just not possible. So, and also self-talk, angrily say no. No to the thoughts rampaging through your mind. Whatever you're doing, stop and say no. This behavior is unacceptable. And through a method of thought correction, think of things you have, the people in your life and how amazing the world is in front of you. I've been driving my car where I've, I've, I've been in an inner critic spiral with, with, with a growing sense of shame clouding over me. I can feel it. It's a, it's very similar to the end of the first Terminator movie, you know, at the end of the movie where Linda Hamilton, she's filling up her Jeep and, um, the storm's brewing, you know, they've killed Schwarzenegger and, uh, you know, they've settled it out and the world is, 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 is in a, you know, everything's now safe, but she knows she's the only person in the world that knows that there's a storm brewing and she's filling up her jeep in this isolated service station in, in the desert and the guy says oh there's a storm brewing and she looks over to the clouds and she acknowledges the fact that actually dude this is going to be more than just a storm and that's how i feel when my inner critic spirals and my toxic shame then starts to cloud in i can feel it. i see it coming and i've actually stopped my car and said no this is, is not this behavior is not acceptable and i've through thought correction i've got my phone out and i've looked at f pictures of my wife and my kids and and i've and i self-reflect on the things that i've achieved in life and everything that that is good in my life and this kind of resets and it kind of shuts the door on that growing billowing cloud of shame and tell your inner child that you're you are now the adult and everything is now okay and it's, everything is under control you've also got to remember that you know your inner critic and your shame is, is as a result of the abuse you had as a child but you're no longer in that environment anymore as the adult you are in a safe environment where your abuse is no longer there your abuse is not in your car. Your abuse is not in the changing room at work. Your abuse is not in your kitchen at home. You are in a. You are now a grown-ass adult where you are in control of what is going on in your world.
And the only thing that you're doing is slipping to old emotional habits by listening to the inner critic and allowing that shame to grow. Also, be grateful and present. And there, you've got to remember that, that there is no past here and there is no future, just you, right here, right now. In a solitary moment, you are safe and tell your inner child that you are an adult, that you are the adult and everything is going to be okay and everything is under control. But what I do know, the help of a therapist is critical for you to navigate out of this minefield. You have to remember inner critic, toxic shame is all centered around addiction and is continually trying to isolate, separate and destroy you. You may be compelled to eat. You may have already eaten, which has started your inner critic attack. And you may want to drink some booze. You may want to have some sex or, or walk into the bookies. And all of these things are a divert to your attention from processing and handling that inner critic. Your, your, your mind and your addictive cycles are cunning and baffling in order to isolate, separate and destroy you. So if you think it's a good idea to pop into the pub and, and sink a few beers after work because of, because of how you're feeling, then you are diverting your attention from processing and handling the inner critic. And all you're doing is gonna make that situation worse. And these may be uncomfortable things for you to face and deal with, but avoidance is not the key out of this door. Someone like us cannot trust our own minds and being on our own can lead to poor decisions based on what the addiction wants us to do and that is to open the door to whichever addiction you're latched onto. You can overcome your inner critic like understanding the language and it takes time to decode your inner critic. For me, I'm not perfect and I wouldn't be churlish to say that I have it under control because I don't. What I do have though is insight with tools to cope with an inner critic attack which brings shame. I feel shame wash over me. It's I see it coming. It's constant. It's even things like this morning, not mowing my front lawn to conform to the street's aesthetics brought shame on me this morning and allowed some inner critic to come in. Wanted to eat a sandwich from the garage after I filled the car up with gas. Also brought an element of shame. And also ignoring the call to this computer to write this blog post or do this voiceover. I wanted to sit and watch Netflix after all about a busy week. So I, I, I burnt it, right? But I, what I do apply to my inner critic and shame is everything that I think about is that I'm on guard. I pay constant attention to the thoughts that are creeping into my head. And if, if those thoughts are being cunningly cunningly disguised by my addictive cycle I, I do watch this and I see it coming and then I apply those tools of empathy and love gratitude being present not thinking about the future and not thinking about the past and if I struggle with this I speak to my wife and if if she doesn't have the answers I then speak to my therapist Jane but there is a way out of this it is a solvable problem but it's a problem that requires patience and it requires quite a lot of time for you to understand where your inner critic and where and how you feel shame. And remember that external factors which can affect you, can bring shame, can then bring inner critic attacks. So like I said, inner critic and shame are inextricably linked. So you can externally be made to feel shame for something 
which could then start the inner critic attack or your inner critic could start an attack which could then bring shame i hope that makes sense and if it doesn't hit the comments and let's have a discussion because i think it's fascinating shame is something that it prevents us from doing so much and you can break free from it i wish you well stay frosty speak to you next week